Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. The volume. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code JOHN. New customers can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code J-O-H-N. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, one no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash promos for deposit, wagering, and eligibility restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. That would be me, and that would be this show. Hopefully everyone's having a good day, a good week so far. Uh, life's good. You know, it's, it's it's a struggle without football, but that's what happens in the middle and the end of February, so we just got to figure out a way to get till August, and that's where I come in, to talk about football. So the plan is today, we're going to talk little Russell Wilson salary cap. Looks like it's set at $250 million, give or take. 
I, I'm going to institute uh, something we call Draft Daily. It's where I just talk about something from the draft on a daily basis, which it's a fun time of year, so it's, it's an easy thing to do. And I'm scouring the internet on a daily basis, seeing things about the draft, so I was like, we might as well talk about it. We did a podcast yesterday, podcast today. I think tomorrow, so for Wednesday, I'll probably have a little golf podcast. Kind of slows down this weekend. The, it's like the Mexico Open. But uh, just, just some overall thoughts so far uh, of this golf season, and then we'll probably have another football podcast on Thursday, and then the Combine next week. So we'll just we'll keep swinging our pick here, because that's what we do. We podcast. And uh, you guys know the drill. Three and out. If you listen on Collins' feed, subscribe to the feed. We're up on YouTube, rocking away. About two months, we got about 25K. So if you watch that way, you know, if you like consuming, we got everything up on the old YouTube and thevolume.com, thevolume.com. We have merch, hats, shirts, sweatshirts, have you covered. But first, I want to tell you about my friends and the way you talk to my friends is you download a little app. And it happens to be the official ticketing app of this podcast, Game Time. Go to your smartphone, download that app. You want to go get out of the house. Isn't that what we all want to do? Get some sunshine? I don't know about you. It's 70 degrees where I'm at. Beautiful day outside. Want to start incorporating some vitamin D. You want to go to an outdoor concert? Do You want to go spring training? I, hell, I'm going to go to spring training in a couple weeks. Cannot wait. I love it in baseball. They show up. They take grounders for like two days, and they just start playing. They approach it like I do golf. Go to the range, couple balls, hit the first tee. And if you want to go Florida or Arizona, either one, a lot of you guys come out here to Scottsdale. Highly recommend my friends at Game Time. Download the app. Search wherever you're looking. And uh, promo code John. Promo code J-O-H-N. J-O-H-N. Save yourself $20. Cannot recommend it enough. I saw a headline today on Roto World. Roto World is a fantasy website that when I was in the NFL, I used to look at to get injury information to put into our system. I still use it today. It's a lot like pro football talk meets Twitter to just kind of keep tabs on what's going on. It's funny. I, whenever I play golf with someone random at TBC Scottsdale, they always ask me, like, how do you know what to talk about? I'm like, I don't know. I just follow the league, kind of know what's big, what, know what's important. I, it's just kind of a gut feeling. You just kind of know. You've been doing this long enough. I've been listening to sports talk, either podcasts or radio, my entire life. You got a pretty good, you know, pulse of what's happening and and what needs to be discussed. And while this doesn't necessarily need to be discussed in the sense of it's inevitable what's going to happen, when Sean Payton went to Super Bowl week and said, you know, we haven't decided anything, like, let's face it, this time of the year, there's a lot of posturing going on. And anytime the entire league knows something, you still tell them, hey, listen, you, you think the sky is blue? Uh, it, looks, it looks red to me. It's like, uh, I'm looking at the sky right now, it's blue. Like, it's raining. No, it's not raining. It's literally dropping on my feet. And an NFL coach or a GM would be like, clear skies. Like, what are you talking about? But that is the business they're in, is never, ever showing your cards. I was just in Vegas for the Super Bowl. And the tables I was on, they flip your cards over. You're not hiding them from anything. It's not, it's not Texas Hold'em. When you're playing blackjack, everyone knows what everyone has. And when you look at the Russell Wilson situation, I, I thought it was over before it even began. If you would have said over under years, Russell Wilson plays for Sean Payton, you would have hammered under two. 
Now, it ended quicker than any of us thought. He was benched in year one. But let's face it. He was never going to last long early on in season one. It was like, this is a disaster. And there are going to be a lot of moves in the NFL over the next month that are going to be moves that are not going to work out. And some are going to work out better than anyone could have expected. To me, the number one thing any GM and any front office and any team going forward in free agency into the draft is lean aggressive. Lean really aggressive. Take big swings. The best part about this modern day NFL is if it doesn't work out, who gives a shit? In a couple years, pivot. And the number one thing you've got to be able to do is wave the white flag and pivot. And I would say, I've been saying this forever, one of Belichick's best qualities, it was easy because he had Tom Brady, but he never held on to like a second round pick that couldn't play very long. He would get rid of the guy. By like year three, he would be gone. Where most general managers, now they don't have the equity of Belichick, but let's face it, it's ego. We never want to admit when we screw up. It's like, guys, my mother can see this guy can't play. And they're like, well, let's give him another year. We'll uh, move him to a defensive tackle from defensive end. Like, guys, just, just move on from the player. And the faster you can move on from mistakes, and it's never been easier. We talked about this yesterday. You have an unlimited amount of money. Not necessarily on your salary cap, but in terms of actual cash, what you have to pay these guys. You don't need to be like, well, we've already given this guy $75 million. Let's see if we can work it out. It's not going to work out. And luckily, there are so many teams, especially with a quarterback, that are going to be willing to take him on. Now, it's not going to cost them that much. You're eating a lot of the salary. And obviously, you're not going to get much back in draft compensation. But the best thing any organization can do is just wave the white flag when a player does not fit for them or is over the hill or is just not doesn't fit the scheme or, or whatever. And Russell Wilson, listen, I, I think he's one of the most unique test, you know, case studies we've ever seen. It wasn't that long ago. I thought he was really good. And now I, I know his numbers actually weren't that bad. When you watched him play this year, he's a shell of what he was. And unlike Rodgers, who's 39, 40 years old, even Peyton Manning at the end, 39, 40 years old, this guy, I don't even think he's 35 years old yet. So let's face it. The Broncos, when they made that trade, and it, Adam Schefter tweeted it out you know, two years ago now, it was insane. And I thought at the time, there is no way that this is not going to be a solid move for Denver and a disaster for Seattle. It, it was the opposite. It, it really was. I mean, Seattle went on to win 18 games in two years. The Broncos were awful. They have no quarterback situation once they move off Russell. They gave up a ton of draft picks. They gave up solid players. But listen, sometimes you get up to the plate, like you're not looking to bunt. And that's what I love about this modern day NFL is all these GMs, like the the amount of secret meetings that are going to go on in Indianapolis of people discussing massive, massive trades and potential deals is freaking awesome. Like forever, it was probably being discussed, but it was rarely executed. Now we see it executed constantly. So, listen, the Broncos fucked up, but a year later they landed Sean Payton. And within, you know, less than a year of Sean Payton, they're able to probably get rid of Russell Wilson. Now it's going to impact their salary cap greatly. And this season is going to be difficult on the books. But removing him kind of can start this process of getting that uh, the shadow. Negativity is the wrong way to put it because he's not a negative guy but just this albatross of a contract 
who the ROI just isn't there. And that's really talking about the salary cap being $250 million. That's the key. When you sign a guy to $15, $20, $25 million a year, does he equal that, his ROI in his play? Because if he doesn't, then you have a problem. If I pay a guy $15 million and he's an above-average starter, I feel pretty good about it, right? If I pay a wide receiver $20 million and he gets me eight, nine touchdowns and he's really productive and defensive coordinators have to game plan him against him like and take him very, very seriously in terms of their week of preparation, then we're okay. But the moment I give a guy huge money and I go, God, would I like to have that back? Or God, I thought he'd be a little better. The NFL is not a plug-and-play league, right? This is not baseball, where I sign the top third baseman on the market, I plug him in at third base, and I put him third in the order. If he's a good player, nothing changes, right? It's chemistry, while it matters somewhat in the sport, ultimately, like, if you can hit, you can hit. If you can play defense, you can play defense. In football, the scheme matters. The amount of money you give someone matters. Like, is this just their twilight contract? That's why Mike Evans is a pretty fascinating guy. He's already made over $110 million, and he's won a Super Bowl. So at this point in time in his career, is and he's coming off a very, very productive season, is he a guy that's looking to break the bank and get one more massive contract? Or is he a guy looking like, I really want to win, I'm willing to take a little bit less, I've lived in Tampa, I, I banked a lot of cash over my life, uh, I, I feel very good about where I am financially, I obviously don't want to work for free, but like I, I would go play somewhere that gives me the opportunity to win for 20% less for the big picture of it coming back my way and being known one day as a two-time Super Bowl champion? Or is it like, I'm going to take the most money possible? And only, like, listen, these teams don't know that right now. They're going to find this out at the Combine when they deal with these agents. Like, one thing was pretty clear with Russell Wilson. Money always, money and, like, respect and all these variables really mattered to him. Remember back in the day, he wanted that fully guaranteed contract And then when he said, like, you know, I'm not asking for a trade, but if I did get a trade, these would be the four teams. He was always so big on control. You know, it was like, bro, let's just dial in on our play. It was always like, Pete Carroll's fault. Pete Carroll's an idiot. That aged pretty well. And then you get to the point where you just get an older guy. They're going into the third contract. I also think you have to be very, very careful about third contracts with NFL players. Look at Von Miller, who had a Hall of Fame-level career before he ever got traded to the Rams. Then he gets traded to the Rams, he helps them get over the hump, and he wins the Super Bowl. Then he breaks the bank with Buffalo, tears ACL, and he's never been the same. And I was reading this article that, like, they're kind of stuck with this contract. But signing any player in the NFL is a risky proposition because of the sport, right? At any moment, you can get injured. You can have a career-altering injury. Any position, any moment. Training camp to games to the preseason, it can happen training, right? Doing uh, heavy squats. But you can't think like that. If you did, no guy would ever be signed. I do think history would tell us when you sign third contract players to large money, the risk goes up exponentially. And I'm pro Mike Evans, but are we talking like three years, $70 million? Or are we getting the guy for like two years, $30 million? I, you know, he's fast. He's only 30 years old. He's probably going to be very, very expensive. And some team is going to give him a lot of money. High character guy, team leader, winner. Like, I mean, he brings a lot to the table. I'm not trying to count his pennies, 
But I'd just be very hesitant when it comes to third contract guys breaking the bank. That's why I think a guy like Brandon Ayuk is a fascinating case study. right? When you look at Ayuk, you go, I thought last year, given his previous production and his upside, you know, you're talking $17, $18 million to extend. And the 49ers, we talked about this, like, listen, we extended Bose after his fourth year, you're going to have to wait. Then Ayuk has one of his best seasons. Clearly, if you just watch him on a weekly basis, he's a fantastic player. Because of the team he plays on, his numbers are probably not appropriate to where his value and talent is. You put Brandon Ayuk on the Chiefs or the Bills, I mean, you're looking at a 110-catch guy. That's why I think these negotiations can get pretty complicated, right? Is he a guy that's looking for five years, $125 million, and $70, $80 million guaranteed? I really like him. Is he ever going to be a top three or four wide receiver in the league? Probably not. So when I got to pay premiums, like when Tyreek and and Devontae broke the bank a couple years ago, it was pretty clear. Probably the best and second best wide receivers in the league. I mean, who have dominated at the highest level for a long period of time. Now, part of this is projecting. It's why the 49ers, he has a lot of value to them. They know him really well. He's a complete player. He blocks. But there are rumors about people think he might get traded. And Kyle Shanahan talked about this at his season-ending press conference. Like, this whole uh, business is about valuing what the guy's value is to my team and what could I get for the guy. So if you could get a first and a third round pick for Brandon Ayuk, you know, pick in the early to mid-20s, and a team is then willing to break him off, right? So a, a contract that you are not willing to do, whether it's, not because you don't think he's worth it, but factoring in his value on your salary cap, the amount of money the cap hit, cash is not necessarily an issue for the 49ers. But then it puts a lot of pressure on you making the right draft picks. Ultimately, why the Kansas City Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champs? Because when they traded Tyreek Hill, they nailed their draft. They, they immediately got impact players for those picks. The, the problem with the 49ers when they traded DeForest Buckner, they drafted Javon Kidlaw who is a guy that's not even going to be on their team next year. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. If instead of Javon Kinlaw, they had used that pick on Tristan Wirfs, you'd be like, God, that was a no-brainer trade. Because at the time when they traded Buckner, who I thought was a good player, not a great player, who you were going to have to pay a lot of money, like he was not Aaron Donald. He's not a lot of the high, high Fletcher Cox in his prime. He's not that. And, you know, that's where I think they're having the conversation with Brandon Ayuk. He's really good, and they really like him. But what is the cost? And the problem is once you make that trade, because I go, hey, you got a first and a third round pick for him. Then you actually have to draft players in those spots. And that, that's where it gets complicated. And that's the whole point of the exercises going on right now in all these NFL teams. What is it worth for us to sign our guys long-term? And what is it worth if we did trade them, like the value of the players that we could potentially get with those draft picks? And there comes a lot of pressure on that. But when you do make the right draft, when you do trade a player for a high pick, right, the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, and then you get Trent McDuffie and you hit a home run on the pick, you get an all-pro caliber player on a very, very cheap salary. I I was texting with Daniel Jeremiah. I'm like, Brock Bowers makes a lot of sense for the uh, Harbaugh and the Chargers. He's like, the problem is when you draft a guy at five or six at that position, he immediately makes eight, nine million dollars. Well, the franchise tag for a tight end is like twelve million dollars. So he's already immediately one of the highest paid 
players at his position. So if he is not an all-star level player immediately, it's not good value. Where if I get a tackle or a defensive lineman or even a corner who is an impact player immediately, that seven, eight, nine million dollar salary is actually a cheap deal at his position. So you have to like this is ultimately a business, and it's a big you know you, you got to put the uh, pie chart together of the player, the salary, and it's very very complicated. And it's it's easy for all of us. And listen, I make a living off it, you know, giving praise and being critical of different decisions. But all these decisions are calculated risks, and that's the hard part about the sport of football. That I saw this headline today on ESPN.com is that Anthony Rendon, the uh, former champion from the Washington Nationals, he said that baseball is not his number one priority. And I'm like, listen, it's you know the media always defends athletes when they say that. It's like, well, the Angels gave him 245 million dollars. Imagine any business buying something, buying an asset. And especially if it's a person and that person going, yeah, this isn't my top priority. This isn't something, I just view this like a job. Probably not going to be a good business proposition. Now, obviously he got injured. He's never been the same, but like kind of speaks to his mindset. I would imagine if he would have said that before free agency, I don't know if that $250 million is sitting there on the table. And that's a huge part of investing in guys in free agency. Like I, I, I say this over and over, the, the contract the Denver Broncos gave Mike McGlinchey is pretty insane. Because he's not a good enough player. But I think Sean Payton go, well, he's a five-year starter for a team that was in a bunch of big games. He's played in the Super Bowl. He's played in playoff games. Kyle Shanahan loved him. Like, I, I am getting a guy that has a lot of check marks off the field. It's why when you buy guys that have some question marks off the field and then it doesn't work out, you only have yourself to blame. You know, I, I would say one of the most famous flops in NFL history is that Albert Hainsworth contract. Well, you get this guy who's just going to you for money. Your organization's a disaster. Remember when Shanahan got the job and he made Hainsworth run like 100-yard sprints and Hainsworth couldn't make it and he like plopped there on the ground and was exhausted? You got to be very, very careful with that. That's why character really matters because money just exposes you. And in NFL, if you can hit free agency and you're you know one of the higher-end free agents, not necessarily relative to the league, but just of your free agent class, like, you're going to get life-altering money, right? Now you're talking 50 60 $70 million in guarantee. Like, that, that can change your mindset if you're not all in on football. And let's face it, football is a very unique sport where you don't play very often. The majority of your year is working, is practice, is training. You only get 17 spots or shots. And that's assuming that you don't miss any games. So I, I would imagine the average NFL player does not play 17 games a season. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere Like at your pregame barbecue While you prep your meats That grease trap you forgot to empty Is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside And without the right home and auto insurance coverage The cost to repair this could eat up your savings So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save And get protected from mayhem like this Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. 
They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well... I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. One thing I wanted to institute moving forward, because, I mean, it's one of the most fun times of the year, and it's one of my favorite events of the year, not like game, would be the NFL Draft. I love the NFL Draft. I think that's a big reason growing up following you know, college football, the NFL draft, is why I aspired to get involved in football. And the first time you, know, you, you kind of get to go into the draft room, it, it's, it's a very, very cool thing. And I've always said this, like, us as fans or me as a podcaster, we have very similar conversations as those do in an NFL room, right? Scouts with the NFL talk about football players no differently than us. Like, is this guy any good? Is this guy overrated? God, I don't really like this guy. Now, they have more information. They study the guy closer. You know, they have much more of like a microscope over the guy's entire body of work. But they have just flatline takes and opinions that are very similar to ours. It's what makes it fun. You think this guy's good. I don't think this guy's good. And then we argue over it. I think this guy is better than the other guy. In an NFL draft, you, you literally just rank players. 1 through 10, 1 through 32, 1 through 200. No differently than you and your buddy. Like, I'd rather have this guy, this guy, and this guy over that guy, that guy, and that guy. And I, I think what makes the draft very fascinating is there are a million opinions. In college football as a whole, maybe there have been times when it was quote-unquote more popular, but it's pretty damn popular. It's the number two sport in America by a wide, wide margin. So a lot of people have opinions on the top college players. Why? Because we've watched them. 
I've seen the television ratings. 10, 15, 20 million people are watching some of these big college games. And Ohio State happens to play in the biggest games. Like, they play Michigan, 20 million people watch. Rightfully so. It's an incredible television product. And one thing I learned when I was in the NFL, and now I do this for a living, is like, the hype machine is real. And when the hype machine takes off, there is no slowing it down. On Netflix, there's a show called Buried, Buried, and it's about the avalanche in uh, Squaw Valley, Alpine Meadows, back in the early 80s. And listen, I I grew up going to Lake Tahoe as a kid. I I haven't skied in probably 15, 20 years, but I used to ski a lot from probably ages 10 to 18. And one thing you're always, you know, a little nervous about when you hear the, you know, dynamite going off, they're checking for avalanches, there's certain areas, especially as you get a little bit better skiing, you go back country skiing, like, you got to be careful. And when an avalanche starts rolling down the hill, there, there is no stopping it. It only gains momentum. Well, it's no different when it comes to the hype around a player. And one thing I've learned in being around it very closely and now doing this is there's a big gap between people that study the NFL 24-7, 365, and those that do that with college. And I've always said this. Listen, I, I'm not a Kirk Herbstreet hater. I actually really like him. I just don't like him on my NFL game. And in fairness to him, that's a very, very difficult spot to just fly into. It's hard. He's excellent at college. No different than Joel Klatt, right? Those guys know the college game. They know the college coaches. They know the college players at the big programs very, very well. And when you're around something very, very closely, you can just, you know, biases might be even the wrong word, but you can just get a little jaded to stuff. And you can have an agenda of, like, you really like the person. So he's an easy person to root for. And the, the way that if you just listen to college people talk about Marvin Harrison, you think the guy was fucking Jerry Rice. You think the guy was better than his dad. And honestly, like, the chances that he's better than his dad are slim to none. His dad's in the Hall of Fame. His dad's one of the great players of my life. And that's not a slight at Marvin Harrison. So everyone's saying Marvin Harrison is this can't-miss player He's the number one wide receiver on the board. And I heard Michael Lombardi today on his podcast saying, I've talked to some teams that don't even have him as the number one wide receiver on their board. And when you say something like that, anyone that is pro-Marvin Harrison thinks that that's like, uh, you know, an enormous criticism. Like being number two on a draft board is a crazy thing to be. And I was thinking about it today, like the best part about the NFL on draft day is wherever you're drafted, it's an enormous moment for your life. But it does not determine your success. We've seen a lot of top 10 players not even be in the league five years later. And we've seen a lot of 5th, 6th, 7th round picks become stalwarts on Pro Bowls, All-Pros, and in playoff games. And I looked at the AP All-Pro, first and second team, this year, of the guys on that team and where they were drafted. Tyreek Hill. Now, he got kicked out of Oklahoma State, had some issues. He was a third-day pick. C.D. Lamb, while a first-round pick, multiple wide receivers were drafted ahead of him. Brandon Ayuk, pick 27, countless wide receivers drafted ahead of him. Puka Nakua, definitely not a first-round pick. Then you get to the second team, guys like A.J. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, fourth-round pick. You get a lot of guys... I always hate this notion, like, this guy fell in the draft. He went pick 41. Like, he's a wide receiver. There's, a, there's countless other positions that pushed him down. Just because you go in the second round does not mean you're some scrub. Ask the Eagles and A.J. Brown, or the 49ers and Debo Samuel, or Seattle and 
DK Metcalf. I hate this notion just because, because if it gets out that Marvin Harrison is not the universal number one player on every team's board, people will be like, that's fucking insane. Is it? Like, Marvin Harrison's still probably going in the top 10. But if he goes ninth instead of sixth, and the dude from LSU or the dude from Washington go ahead of him, is it that crazy? Because I would say it's probably a 50-50 proposition. That's what's going to happen. And I asked, I remember earlier in the season, a scouting buddy that goes through the University of Michigan. And I said, sometimes you watch Ohio State and, you know, it's like he doesn't jump off the screen like a Julio Jones or Jamar Chase did at LSU. And he's like, well, listen, he's not those guys physically. He's just really good at everything. I wouldn't say he's a superstar at one thing. He's just viewed as almost like a can't-miss player. Who, again, high-end guy. Really, really good player. A no-doubt-about-it first-round pick. But like when I think the fifth overall pick or the sixth overall pick at wide receiver, you fucking better be Julio Jones. You better be Jamar Chase. Right? I mean, look. Jalen Waddell is an excellent player. Google his stats. He's dominated the NFL when he's played. He was not the first wide receiver off the board. There's a decent chance Devontae Smith gets a contract extension this offseason. He lasted out of the top 10. So this notion that like not being the number one player on a draft board at your position is some indictment of you as a player is just moronic. Last I checked, Patrick Mahomes was the first quarterback taken in his draft. Now granted, that was a major mistake and Mitch Trubisky was, but that's the way it works. And listen, the chances that whether it's a Dunze uh, the LSU guy, Harrison, Coleman at Florida State, there's a chance the dude in the third round is going to be better than them all. That, that's what makes the draft so cool. Just because you're drafted, that means you get a lot of money. It, it doesn't necessarily guarantee anything for your success. Who in their right mind saw Puka Nakua coming? Nobody. Not even the Rams. Because if they did, they would have traded up. They would have found a way to draft him higher. But then it happens, and everyone's like, oh, this dude's going to catch 100 balls every year for a while. So I, I think sometimes when we talk about the draft, everything becomes so negative when it's not even a negative. If, if, if the guy gets drafted 10th or 11th, is, is he falling in the draft, or did he just get drafted really high? One thing I wanted to do, and I, I was trying to think of a topic or think of a way to name this kind of segment, I, I couldn't figure out a good one, so I'm going to need some help. Right now, I just have Topic Tuesday. Uh, this is a very, very fluid segment. Uh, I, I just want something on a weekly basis to kind of screw around a little bit that isn't necessarily football-related. Just something, just a topic that's going around that we can just bullshit about. And it's one I'm going to pick. Like today, my Topic Tuesday is just, what the hell do we do without football? Because I was thinking about it this weekend. Flipping the channels. Obviously, college football's been gone for a little while. But then you get Sunday. It's, it's a weird feeling. It, it really is. And Maria was back in California for a baby shower. Had the house by myself. Wasn't much to do. I just kind of lounged around. And I would have died. Like, when you watch as much football as I watch, and as I'm sure a lot of you listening watch, it's a pretty big jolt to the system without it. And I, I just wrote down some things that, you can attempt to do now that football is gone. Because I did it. I flipped the channels. And I just looked around. 
And I watched the Ferrari movie. And it was all kind of okay. I, I would give it, you know, a 5 out of 10. I watched some of the True Detective show. I don't really like ghosts. I, I don't really like imagining things. It's not really my style as a show. I, I'd rather just have, like, things that are actually realistic. Not seeing something that's not actually there. Kind of turned me off. Though the show is not bad. That element kind of turns me off. But there is nothing on TV. You would have had to pay me to watch uh, the two, you know, the, the NBA All-Star game, which is easily now, everyone's admitted it, an all-time disaster. A- at least in football. They acknowledged a couple years ago, no one's trying, let's go to flag football. Now, at least when you turn it on, not that I did, I didn't watch that either. You know they're playing flag football. Like in basketball, you should be able to play relatively hard. The injury risk is relatively low. When you're scoring 211 points in a game of All-Stars, like, that's a major problem. Especially when the commissioner was like, we're going to play hard this year. And then Larry Bird, who I think he was speaking, oh, because it was in Indiana, was like, guys, I, I really look forward to these guys trying hard. And then the game broke out, and clearly, I saw some highlights today at the gym, like, holy shit, this thing's a joke. One thing I need to work on is uh, being more social. Now I have no excuse. Like, well, I can't really do it. I got to watch Penn State, Michigan. Ah, oh, just, you know, I got to go with Colin tonight. I, I got to watch all these football games. Now I have no excuse. A couple people texted me, hey, you want to come watch the fights? And I was like, eh, kind of, but I kind of want to relax. I, I think this is a time, post-football, when you actively try to get more social. And I, I listen, some of you guys are social butterflies. It's something I need to put more effort into, for sure. The other thing is chores. You realize how little you do when you watch Thursday night football, you watch some football on Friday, you watch football all day Saturday, Sunday, and then you talk about football leading up to Monday night football, and then you talk about more football after Monday night football. You don't do much chore-wise. And, you know, I, I put some things together, hung some stuff, the garage, like it, it, it's chore time. So I, I think moving forward, chores and just doing stuff around the house. My garage right now looks like a war zone. There is shit. I don't even know where to start. I got to get some like uh, cabinets in there. That's not going to be cheap. Uh, but I, I think chores and, and just trying to be productive around the house, you, you feel good about yourself. Getting outside is a big vitamin D. Uh, because for, especially for you guys that live in colder weather cities, it's, a, it's an easy excuse. Just going to stay inside, watch some ball, have some beers. But that's it. That's a huge part of life. As the springtime comes and the summer, it's just getting outside. Obviously, if you like golf, time to play some golf. But in quality time with your loved ones. I, something I saw, I don't have children yet, but I was picking up uh, a sandwich yesterday at this place called uh, Sa- Sourdough's, I think it's called. It's got incredible turkey sandwiches and, you know, trying to be healthy, so I got a little chicken salad. And this guy was there with his daughter who was probably, I'm, I'm bad with ages, somewhere between like four and six. And she was eating her sandwich, talking to her dad, and he had his phone out. And listen, I am in no position to phone shame a soul. I'm not allowed to phone shame anybody. But it made me think, like, if I had a young daughter and she was talking with me and I was just on my phone scrolling, it was a pretty jolting visual. Now, again, I'm, I'm not trying to judge the guy. Maybe he's had a long day. Maybe he's checking some emails. It's not like I looked at his phone to see what he might not even have been on Instagram. Maybe he was texting back his wife. But I was like, God. And he's not alone. Everywhere you look, everyone is just constantly on their phone. Constantly. We're all addicted. I mean, if, if the iPhone was crack, 
America would all be crack addicts. That's not even debatable at this point in time. And I think one thing that I'm going to really try moving forward is just try to get a little more quality time. Just with people in my life. If you're with someone, it's so easy to say, like, be present. And then you're like 10 minutes in, you're like checking Instagram. You're like, God, that video's pretty funny. How about that dog? Hey, check out this dog. But that, listen, no more excuses. Just sit on your couch, watch football, scroll on your phone or iPad. It's time to just share some time with quality time with our loved ones. Get outside and enjoy life. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Okay, mailbag time. Very, very easy to get in the mailbag. You guys know the drill. Add John Middlecoff. Add John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. And 
Holler at your boy. Start with Mike. Eagles fan here. What do you think of Philly's new coordinator hires? I think Moore and Fangio are definitely an upgrade from last year, but I'm not super confident we can turn back the clock to 22. Would like to know your thoughts. I mean, (laughs) a 100% upgrade. Kellen Moore is better than Brian Johnson, and Vic Fangio is the best defensive coordinator they've had since Jim Johnson. Jim Schwartz is pretty good, too, but Vic Fangio is an elite defensive coordinator. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think the two hires are no-brainers, right? Uh, I, I said this, though, back when they made the hires. There's more than just, like, in a vacuum. It's like, an, it's like a player, good player. But there's a lot goes on in an organization. How will he mesh with the head coach? How will he mesh with the players? The scheme fits of the different players. Will it be a seamless transition? A lot of unknowns. And it takes time to figure stuff out. One thing's pretty clear. I, I read this athletic article on Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen was, might be a pretty special coach. So replacing that, like Kellen Moore's not that. So when you say get back to the magic of 2020, defensively they're going to be better. And offensively they're not going to be as bad as last year either. But sometimes you get a coach and you just never replace him. It happened with Dan Quinn with Kyle Shanahan. Like Sark was good for, for Dan Quinn. It wasn't Kyle. And I, I think that might be the case with Shane Steichen. And I think if you look back, it's hard to do this at the time, but if they had a do-over, I, I think what they would do is they just would have hired Shane. They would have fired Sirianni and hired Steichen, even after the Super Bowl. It's obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, Monday morning quarterback, but it's pretty clear who the coaching star is. My question is, it seems like Ayuk is on his way out. I wouldn't go that far yet. I, I think the only way he's on his way out is if they got, like, the reason they traded DeForest Buckner was because they got the 13th pick. Now, they made the wrong decision. If they had a do-over, they just would have taken Tristan Wirfs instead of Javon Kinlaw. But if you got the 13th pick for Brandon Ayuk, you'd have to trade the guy. But if I'm getting the twenty, if I'm getting the Chiefs' thirty-second pick, not that they could even financially afford to give them eighty million bucks or whatever, I, I'm just not doing it. So, I, if someone knocked on my door right now and said, "Hey, I'll give you four million dollars for your house," I'd say, "When do you want to move in?" Right? But if the same guy said, "Hey, I'll give you two million dollars for your house," it's like, "Eh, I've already put a lot into this. Am I really making that much money? I got to pack up. The rates are high. Where am I going to move to?" So I I think it's well what yeah they trade Brandon Ayuk but for what for an, for an offer that they can't turn down yeah of course is that offer available would you trade him for pick twenty six aren't you better off just keeping him maybe you wait till the draft maybe you see on draft day maybe you'd be willing I mean we're a long way away from that but like we trade him on draft day if a certain player's there uh, Eagles fan. I don't think Sirianni should have been fired, but I would really like a head coach that calls plays due to coordinators moving around all the time. Do you think the CEO head coaches will be a thing of the past soon enough? Well, let's think about the head coaches hired this year. Uh, Dave Canales uh, in Carolina will call the plays. Jim Harbaugh, CEO head coach. New England. Is Mayo calling the plays? I I would hope so. 
right? Dan Quinn. Will he call the defense? I hope. Last year, Sean Payton hired Denver. Like, he's calling the plays. I just think if you're hiring a guy and paying him a lot of money, a huge part of the hire is based on his expertise, which is typically offense or defense. Now, there are certain guys that transcend that. Harbaugh, I would say, is an outlier. The Harbaugh brothers. They're really good at hiring coaches. They're really good at mentoring young coaches and turning them into stars. And they're just elite leaders. But for the most part, I don't know. I I would always lean Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur. Like, give me a, even, I understand Seattle hiring Mike McDonald, have him call the plays. I understood why everyone wanted Ben Johnson. Because even if he's not a great leader, it's like, well, can you fucking dial up the plays? Which is not the end-all, be-all, but who's the best coach currently in the NFL? The big guy in Kansas City. What's he do? Calls the offense. Just wanted to give you a shout-out for helping me save $20 on game time. I'm a South Florida sports fan living in Denver, going to Heat Nuggets in a couple weeks. Enjoy, my friend. This is usually when the Miami Heat kind of turn it up. Hey, John, I don't have an Insta, so I'm messaging you off my fiance's Instagram. Can you share some thoughts on Trent Baalke? His drafts in Jacksonville have been horrible. I know your thoughts about T-Law, but he lucked into Trevor, and the rumor is that Urban was in charge of the draft that year anyway. Yeah, and my mom would have picked Trevor Lawrence that year. Now he's fumbling around trying to build somewhat competitive roster for two years, and all he wants to do is draft linebackers. What can you speak of in his weird endings in San Francisco? And is there light at the end of the tunnel for a long-time Jags fan? Uh, I, I always thought he was pretty good. But there were always rumors his first couple of drafts, he benefited a lot from having Scott McLuhan, who was battling some alcohol issues and kind of quit slash got fired. He took over. He used his draft board to draft guys like Navarro Bowman, Anthony Davis, uh, Mike Upati, and it was a draft that kind of changed everything. And then his next draft, they were drafting really high. It was like Alden Smith, Kaepernick, Chris Culliver, Bruce Miller. He had a couple drafts that kind of helped with already guys there, Frank Gore, Willis, uh, Vernon Davis, Crabtree. He didn't draft any of those guys. Joe Staley. I mean, they had a lot of good players already on the roster. But he had Jim Harbaugh, which, you know, he kind of got credit for. There were rumors that he was like jogging around. But then he started having pretty bad drafts. Even though a couple of his draft picks that everyone hated at the time, Jimmy Ward, I turned out to be a really good pick. Eric Armstead, really good pick. So I, he's probably not as bad as the hype. To me, the negative on Trent has always been, is he always backstabbing somebody? Because he kind of, and listen, his relation, he's always been pretty cool to me. Uh, even though the first time I met him was a little weird. When I was a GA at Fresno State, he was kind of a dick. But then when he was with the Niners, he was cool to me. So a lot of people don't like him. I never really had an issue with him. Anytime you're a general manager that's known as like scout guy, I just sit in my office and watch a bunch of tape. I'm not the most social guy. I just want to watch football players, which is fine. Are you also the guy that like, oh, he's just he's kind of like this gruff old school scout. But it will also take a machete and cut off your head when you're not looking. For a guy that kind of has this old school football guy kind of vibe to him, he's a sneaky politician. He's always kind of angling for stuff. 
remember when he got hired in Jacksonville and then he kind of worked his way and now he's in charge? And now there's some rumors like him and Doug. I, I just think guys like Trent in life, you got to be careful with because they'll do whatever it takes to get that position. That's the thing, like, I have no problem in the private sector when you're a business owner. Your business is becomes your identity and the health of that business is everything you put something into. But ultimately, Trent's just an employee. So it's like he's kind of always working the owners against the coach, maybe against the play. It's just a bizarre situation with guys like that. that. That's what it feels like a little bit from the outside. Pleasure as always. What do you think about NFLs.com lists for teams with the biggest Super Bowl window? Do you agree with it? Or is there a different team you think has a better shot this upcoming season? I, I just think Super Bowl windows. Let's just see who's on everybody's team at the end of the draft. A lot's going to change in the next two months. The NFL is so fluid. Obviously, if you have Mahomes, if you have Lamar, if you have Josh Allen, you're going to be good. Right? The Chargers now have Herbert and Harbaugh. They're going to be good. But, like, some of these teams, like, do the Broncos or the Raiders or the Falcons, do one of these teams, like, get a sweet quarterback in the draft and the guy changes their future? Or do they not? Shouldn't the front office of the Bears trade fields to the AFC West or East? Because he would likely find it difficult to win or even spectacularly fail next year having to play against Mahomes, Harbaugh, Peyton, Lamar, Burrow, and prove he stinks. I don't want fields to fail from a personal standpoint, but from a front office job security standpoint, doesn't this make sense? Why would you send him to Atlanta? Shitty division and weak NFC. When you pivot off a guy, because you don't believe in him, you have to have the conviction that the reason you're you know, getting rid of the guy, trading the guy, acquiring someone else, is because you know you're right. Andy Reid traded Donovan McNabb to the Washington Commanders because he knew Donovan wasn't any good anymore. It happens a lot, I think, in relationships when you break up with somebody or, or you get dumped because that person doesn't believe that you're their person, right? And it, when you break up, with, when you dump somebody and you start seeing her on Instagram, like dating other people, it's easy when you're like, oh, that guy's probably a scrub, not making much money. But she gets with a guy, you're like, God damn, is she on a private jet right now? Are, are they in Cabo San Lucas? <laughs> what is going on here? So the reason, though, is you got to trust your gut. And you did it for a reason. So no matter what you see on Instagram, you got to keep telling yourself, I didn't like her that much. It was never going to work. So trading him to Atlanta, who gives a shit? If you don't think he can play, I don't care if Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, and you know Walter Payton are walking through that door. You got to trade him to who offers you the best return. That's the key. Because you no longer believe in the guy. So, like, am I taking a third-round pick instead of a second-round pick because I think this is going to be a harder destination? Hell no. If I'm out on him, I'm out on him. It's easier said than done, but you got to have conviction when you make the move. Belichick did it all the time. Bledsoe to Buffalo, cut loyal Malloy, he went to Buffalo. He didn't care. Because he knew deep down he was right. If you're the Bucks, what should they do with Baker going forward? I'm leaning for an extension, but my problem with that is there is no middle ground in quarterback money anymore. 
It's complicated, man. I, I think you look at that Jimmy Garoppolo contract last year. I, you know, I think that's the highest end you do. But I would have a really, really hard time giving Baker. I mean, it sounds crazy, but it's like three years, $60 million. I'll guarantee 40, 20 a year. That's, that's what I would like to do. And I acknowledge, like, he's a solid player. But I'm not giving $40 million a year, I'm out. $30 million a year, I'd be out. I watched some games this year where he wasn't that good. Again, he's matured a lot. He's a guy to root for now. I'm a, I'm a pro Baker guy. I've liked him since college. There's also a business. I like Jared Goff a lot, too. I'm pro Jared Goff at $25, 28000000 million. I do not like Jared Goff at $42 million. If you were the commissioner of the NBA or Major League Baseball, what changes would you make to try to catch up to popularity of football? There, there is no changes that can be made. The consumer is telling you. We have, like, the amount of people listening to me right now that are semi, you know, in my age group, that have young children, that have a busy life, that have a job, that need to work out, that are just doing things, do not have time to watch baseball games every night. Do not have time to watch a basketball game when the players aren't even trying. The thing football really benefits from, one, it's easy to gamble on. It's easy to play fantasy football. So all the auxiliary stuff around it make it very, very easy to participate. And it doesn't take that much of my time. I'm home anyway, the majority of America on Sunday, and it's on television. And then the other games, when my team is playing either on Thursday night, Sunday night, or, or I mean Thursday or Monday night, it's at night. Which obviously those two sports are too, but I don't think there's anything they can do. There's no subtle changes you can make. Unless Michael Jordan or Babe Ruth walk back through that door. It's just, it's only going to go the other way. And it has a lot to do with the fragmentation of our entertainment. We have a million fucking options. The crazy part is I have every streaming service known to man and it's hard to find things to watch. I don't know if that's a writer strike or what. Love the pod and your content. One of the best out there. Golf question. If you were the commissioner of the PGA Tour, what change would you do to enhance the product currently? TV coverage is average at best. I talked about this on Go Low this week. You just got to get the guys back. The, the coverage has always been... The hard part about golf is football, basketball, or baseball. When the action's going on, the TV's on that action. And when commercials happen, nothing's happening. Well, in golf, there's, a, you know, there's countless guys all over the course. So you never know what's live, what's not. You know when they cut back to a big putt, they're like, oh, Jim, this, this looks like a pretty straight putt from 75 feet. And then you know it's going in because it happened 15 minutes ago. But I, I just think that if I'm the commissioner of golf, there's only one priority. How do we get John Rahm, Brooks Kepka? Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, Cam Smith, the group of their younger, famous guys back playing with our guys. That's the only thing that matters right now. Really is. As a UK-based, new-to-the-NFL fan, it's been great to listen to the pod and learn more about the game. One thing that really surprises me in American sports is why the home fans and the away road fans aren't separated like they are in over here, specifically soccer. If this was adopted in the NFL, 
would lead to better atmospheres and less trouble. I understand a large number of fans at times are tourists and maybe not home road fans, but interested to hear if you think this would work. Well, it's a good question. Interesting insight. I guess if I, let's just use an example. If I'm going to an Eagles game or a Niner game or a New England Patriot game, the overwhelming majority of people at that stadium are going to be a fan of that team. So the contingent of away fans is going to be relatively small. Now, because of the way our businesses work, and I'm in business with ticketing companies, the secondary ticketing market, getting tickets has never been easier. So a lot of, you know, there are certain teams in this country that travel very well. The Packers, the Steelers, the Cowboys. They have fans nationally. So how could I dictate, like, I can't sell you this seat if you're a Cowboy fan? It's just, it's hard over here. It happens more in college football. Like, if you watch Ohio State play Wisconsin, and they're playing at Wisconsin, there is a specific Ohio State section. I I don't, I'd have to talk to someone in the business. Like, I, I don't think it's really plausible in football, in pro football, to have that happen. But that's, it's a unique way to look at it. Would it, yeah, I mean, I, I think part of the fights, and I'm sure you've seen the viral videos, it's a lot of guys fighting themselves, rooting for the same team. It's, it's not always, you know, Raider fan versus Chiefs fan, Rams fan versus Charger fan. Sometimes you watch these videos go viral, they're both wearing the same color jersey, and they're fighting each other. Uh, Bucks fan here again. We need an upgrade at the running back position. I don't think we can get one of the top free agent running backs, but what is your opinion on using a second-round pick on someone like Blake Corm? If Baker can duplicate this past season, I believe we are a running back away from being taken seriously. Yeah, to me, Blake Corum is probably somewhere between pick 50 and 75. That's where I would guess. I mean, depending on what he runs at the combine. But he's a really, really solid player. To me, he has the... Like, I can see the Chargers being all over him. I've liked Blake Horn his entire college career, though. I'll, I'll, good, good question. Best show in the biz. Thanks for providing young people like myself with wisdom. Not just in football, but in general. It's very apparent that you're a very talented communicator. Is there any which way you practice this? You know what's funny is like, I would call myself a pretty introverted individual. And sometimes when I'm not podcasting, I don't want to talk to anybody. I can be at the dinner table with my family, my girlfriend. It's like, I just not really in the mood to talk. I sometimes have to fake it. I, I No, there's no... I, I've just been talking my entire life. It's a good question, though. I don't, how would you even improve communication? Practice talking to other people? The phone rings, there's zero chance I'm picking up. I don't care who's calling. Unless it's coward. Been listening since COVID. I'm 16. Got a young buck here. 
too early Super Bowl prediction? Uh, I saw one of the guys I follow with the 49ers, Cam Inman, who covers the Niners, who has for decades. His way too early Super Bowl prediction in New Orleans is 49ers, Chargers, <laughs> which would be sweet. I think the key is to look at the main teams involved, right? I think the 49ers and Lions, those two teams are going to be right back in the mix. I think the Eagles and Cowboys, if they can just figure out some of their shit, should be right there as well. And then the Rams and the Packers are definitely teams to be taken seriously. In the AFC, the Chiefs are the cream of the crop. And if they're in a playoff game, no one's betting against them. And then it's kind of the next crew of teams. The Ravens, they lost a coordinator. Uh, who are they going to lose in free agency? The sweet defensive lineman's a free agent. How much better are the Chargers going to be? Buffalo, their cap situation. What are they going to do? Burrow, is he back? Is he cool? Is like everything look good? Miami. Like, what the fuck are they? Are they just some like sexy team that can score some points, or can they build up a defense? So, I would say the Chiefs first, whoever comes out of the NFC. Can you please tell Tal- Colin to tell his buddy, Nick Wright, that if the 49ers rookie kicker can get his foot under the football on a PAT, Brock Purdy outplays Mahomes, doesn't go to overtime, and the Kansas City Chiefs miss the playoffs for the next three seasons. <laughs> I actually don't think that's true. Because you can't play the way a game is playing out in the final six, seven minutes based on a point, one individual point, that happened that didn't happen in the third quarter. Because you approach the game differently when you're down a field goal or when you're down four points. So I I don't think that's fair. And here's the thing. Can we stop comparing Purdy to fucking the top guy? He's not Patrick Mahomes. He he's just not. Like, why, why, why do we even put ever put them in the same sentences? Mahomes is one of the great players we've ever seen. Purdy's okay. Pretty solid. Purdy's better than okay. He's, he's good. But he's got some flaws. He's got to improve. Second-year guy. Seventh-round pick. I think one problem with Niner fans, they're like too worried and obsessed with defending Purdy like he's fucking Steve Young. He's good. I like him. I'm interested to see if he can improve. But we need to stop acting like the guy's Josh Allen. He's like, we would never trade him for anybody else besides Mahomes. Bullshit. Let's just, let's just see how this works out. He's, not, he's making a mi- less than a million dollars. I'm all for defending him when everyone's kind of talking shit because he deserves it, but I'm also not for like anointing him as like this can't miss next 10 years. He might be, but he might not be. How you doing, man? I enjoy the show and your authentic takes. I know it's unlikely, but would Kyle and the Niners bring in Belichick be a terrible idea? <laughs> Come on. I would be on the phone begging Bill Belichick. Like, Bill, will buy you a house. We'll give you private jet use. I'd treat him like Sark. What are your wants? We want you to be a defensive coordinator. What will it take us to get you? You want a membership at Monterey Peninsula Country Club? You want a membership at uh, San Francisco Country Club? Would you like a uh, house on the ocean in Carmel? Would you like private jet use so you can fly back to your house in Jupiter when you have downtime? Would you like $20 million? What would you like? 
he is so far and away the best. I, again, I feels like uh, you're almost discrediting, like they even have the opportunity. Like if McVeigh or Shanahan got fired, no one would be like, we should hire him to be their offensive coordinator. He'd be like, what are you talking about? So they're going to be a head coach. Belichick's a head coach. But because of ageism and no one wanted to mess with the ego of wanting to pick the players, he's not. So if he wants to coach, would he be willing to get a lot of things from the 49ers, money, you name it, they'll jump through hoops to get him for one year to be a defensive coordinator and kind of go double middle fingers to the league? Because if he did, that'd be incredible. Do I think he's going to do it? I don't. Do I think Kyle has broached that subject? One million percent. Do I think he's tried to talk Jed into what would we be willing to give him? What can we use to entice him? He'd be crazy if he didn't. Is a part of me praying that one day I get the notification, Adam Schefter? Shocker, Bill Belichick? Yes. Is there any expectation? No. But without knowing, because I don't know Kyle, I, I know they've talked. I mean, he even admitted, he said Bill called him to, you know, talk to him after they lost the Super Bowl to, like, support him. How could he not have? Uh, he'd be crazy. Uh, the only way you get a yes is turn a no into a maybe. So you, you just got to keep hammering home. Like, Bill, we need you, man. I need you. I need you, Bill Belichick. The Volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want like trying out that new workout class and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 